Tip Today with Fran Curry. With Slattery's Garage, puck on. You can't beat experience. With over 50 years maintaining Peugeot cars and vans, we like to call ourselves the experts. Call Slattery's Garage for a free vehicle health check today. 067 24111 or slatterysgarage.ie. Surely in this day and day and age, Fran, all uniformed guardies should carry body cameras and tasers for their own safety and uh, the, it should be mandatory that they take ongoing training in self-defence. Yeah, the legislation, I think, is it held up or is it in place um, for the body cameras? I, I can't remember at this point. Uh, interesting one in from a retired Garda and it says here, you try and tell female Gardaí that they have to be accompanied by a male and you will draw some trouble on yourself. Strong prison sentences is the only answer to thuggery. Now, I hasten to point out that the commentary we had about, you know, the female guardie being, you know, not accompanied by a male guard came from women. So I for fear of starting a row here, I just want to point that out. Those viewpoints came from women themselves. Okay. Now, over the last couple of days, we've been discussing who should fork out the cash on the first date. Opinions were mixed from our listeners, but largely our women listeners were saying, ah, we would expect the guy to uh, fork out the cash. Well, let's find out from an expert. and Let's talk to Ireland's number one dating coach. That's Francis Keller, who is a frequent contributor to the show. Francis, good morning to you. How are you? I'm very well indeed. Lovely to talk to you again. Is this a query that you hear a lot? It is. It is because it's getting more confusing as time goes on, as the years go on. The men are trying to keep the happy, the women happy. And, you know, they're getting mixed up on what they should do. And just to run quickly through, this this uh, was ignited because of a letter um, to our agony aunt. It was a guy in his 20s. He just came out of a long-term relationship. He built up a bit of a relationship with a lady online. He's about to have his first date. He presumed he would pay for the meal. He invited her out to dinner. But then again, some female friends of his said, uh-uh, hold on, don't do that because it might be seen as being chauvinistic or misogynistic in some way. So it all came from that, what is your opinion of what should happen on a first date if a guy invites a, a woman out? So basically, the bottom line, Fran, is whoever asks whoever out should pay. That's the bottom line. Simple but as that. Simple as that. I mean, you don't go to a solicitor, an accountant, and ask for their time, and then say, you know, you, I've asked for your time, you know, and now pay me. Thanks very much. It doesn't work like that. You're asking them for their time and energy and, you know, they're, they're obliging you. So, But normally the men do the asking and they should do the asking out and they should pay. Now, if a woman feels strongly about this and it's time to pay the bill, is that the time to intervene and say, no, I'd be much more comfortable if we share this in some way or some version of that, Francis? Yes. Well, this is um, very important for building, you know, attraction as well. Men have six main love needs, and one of them is appreciation. And a woman can show her appreciation by saying, you know, oh, are you, are you sure? Thank you so much. I really appreciate that. You're very kind. You know, that's all the guy really wants to hear and see is the appreciation part. Now, the other thing, fine, is I am very, very against 
men paying for everything for the whole relationship. That, you know, some women think that, oh, the guys should just pay full stop. No, that's not fair at all. When you go out with your sister or your best friend or a work colleague, you don't expect them to pay the whole time. It's not fair. So I would say down the line in the relationship or on the second date even, you can pull out your wallet and say, listen, I really appreciated you paying for dinner. Let me get these drinks now. And it should be, you know, 50-50. I had a guy that was all into a woman. He was, you know, dying to date her. They dated for a while and she expected him to pay for everything and he simply could not financially keep up. And he was too proud and embarrassed to say that to her, to say, listen, I really like you, but I can't afford to keep paying for everything. So he just broke it off. So and it, it never killed the relationship. It does. I mean, why should it be, you know, one-sided that the guys pay for everything forevermore? It's, it's ridiculous. I mean, if, if a woman said, you know, or uh, if a guy said to a woman, well, you know, we have to get intimate any time I want. Any time I say we're getting intimate, you have to just do that, and that's the way it's going to be. There'd be up for it's it's the same thing, you know. You can't have those ridiculous rules. That's that's my opinion. You you, you spoke of appreciation, Francis, but uh, and it came up in some of our conversations as well. This notion that if a guy pays, that he might expect appreciation by way of sexual favors. Um, is that a concern? No, like that's up to the woman. Like you can't be putting that on the men. You know, you have your own choice what you want to do and loads of people have expectations on us in life in general. But it doesn't mean, you know, we follow through on them or we, we put pressure on ourselves to follow through. So, and I, the men do not expect that. Uh, look, there's probably a percentage because there's always an exception. But most men don't look at it like that. Men show they fancy women and that they love women by providing. Three ways. Providing, protecting... And, you know, ter- being territorial towards the woman, like putting a label on it, like we're dating, she's my girlfriend, she's my fiancé, she's my wife. This is the way they express their affection and love. So, you know, guys aren't doing that to expect anything back. The majority of them aren't. You see, I, I put forward... A, a almost exactly what you're saying because, I mean, I'm of a certain age now where it it would be alien for me to have a woman to pay if I invited somebody out. Um, But I I had a lot of people on to say that I was old-fashioned and I was, you know, this and that and the other thing. And some women would perceive me to be so. Yes, and they probably perceive me too. But there are these dating ways that don't change because Mother Nature has made them. You know, men are chemically built differently to women and and we're different to them. And nothing's going to change that. There's a dating process. There's a courtship process that works, that builds attraction and, you know, has stood the test of time. Whether you're looking at it as old-fashioned or not, these are the things that work. And, you know, that's what yeah. builds attraction. But and were... women want a provider. Do they? They do. Women want a provider. I've never heard of a woman that has come to me and said, you know, Francis, I'm looking for a guy that won't provide, that has no job, no goals, no ambition, that doesn't really want to know what he wants to do all day long and won't help me out in any way or form in the relationship. That's the kind of guy I'm looking for. No. Women come on, they say, I want a guy that you know, has goals, that works, that has passion for his life, that can support me emotionally and, you know, financially. And 
women want that too. You know, men and women want men want that too from the women. They want a sure. partner that will support and provide for them in every way. It works both ways. You, but you, women love a provider. But you alluded to it when you first spoke to me this morning, Francis. It is a most confusing time for for people out there, and dare I say, particularly for men. A hundred and ten percent. Men have it very tough. They're trying to keep the women happy. They're trying to build attraction and they're confused on what they should do. But what I would say to men is stand in your masculine energy. Masculine energy is focus, you know, drive, ambition. Go out, ask that girl. Women love being asked out. Ask that girl out. Provide for her. Offer to pay. You know, who doesn't want anyone to pay and have a treat, you know, get a treat anyway off anybody? You know, it's just human nature. And go with that leadership role because that's what women are looking for. You know, I've even seen where people say, what does she see in him? You know, but he's a great provider. He's making lots of money. She's not under pressure financially. He's emotionally supportive. He's providing that way. That's why it's not all about the look. Women love a provider. Francis, really good to talk to you as always and thank you so much for your time this morning. Thank you. Uh, bye-bye to you. What about your reaction to uh, that? Uh, by the way, Francis Kelleher is uh, available to you and uh, you can make uh, contact with her. Francis Kelleher com, and she is Ireland's number one uh, dating coach. Love to hear your reaction to that. Now, you've probably seen some of the heartstring pulling pictures of the Queen's corgis looking rather despondent on the day of uh, Queen Elizabeth's uh, funeral. Now, while we're, we're often prone to humanising our pets, the truth is that in this case, um, it seems that the corgis will in fact be affected by the death of the Queen. But what is the truth of all of this? Let's find out from an expert and uh, Mairead Leahy, of course, of Ara Vets in Tipperary Town is our vet and she's with me now. Mairead, good morning to you. Morning, how are you? What do you read into this? I mean, do dogs respond to loss and to grief? Yeah, they definitely do. But like you were saying about humanising our, what's that word, anthropomorphism. Yeah, I couldn't um, pronounce it. I went with humanising. <laughs> yeah, I think Yeah, I think I'm pronouncing it right. It's anthropomorphism. Yes. So 100% like the dogs or the cat or the pet will feel um, a sense of loss when an owner dies but they don't feel that grief um in the same way as we do you know um those dogs that were sitting out uh, seemingly waiting for the coffin probably really had no clue what was going on really at that point however what they do is like i was reading up on um the queen actually and her corgis and like apparently they were allowed to go anywhere you know, in, I was going to say in the house. But, Were they? In the palace, you know, yeah. And yeah. yeah. um, that they slept in her bed or, you know, so yeah. um, what will happen when a pet loses someone they love um, and that routine is they will go back to those places, you know, where they know where they got comfort. So, like, they might go hop back up in the bed and kind of wait for that person to come back or um, if the person normally brings them for a walk, they might sit at the door and wait for that person to come back. The same way as if you went down to the shop and your dog sat at the door waiting. Um, what they really miss is the routine. They definitely know that things have changed um, when some, when there's a loss in the house. And they also um, sense other people's like change in behaviour or their sadness. They know that something's happened. But I don't think they get grief in the sense that we do yes. where it's an end and there's nothing afterwards. They're just, you know, they, they can be distracted from it, I feel. 
And while they might appreciate the love from an owner and the attention from an owner and being fed and all of that, can they experience love as we might know it? Who knows? Um, they definitely show affection. You know, like they definitely have their way of showing affection um, by, you know, wanting yeah. to sit beside you, yeah. lick your hand. So they definitely show affection. And people will comment in relationships where one, where a dog may favour one person over another. So, you know, I, I do think they get like a connection or, you know, um, a loyalty to certain people. So they do know what's going on. I think in the case of the Queen and the Corgis, like, the Queen would have travelled an awful lot and those corgis would have, uh, you know, would have another person that would be looking after them when she's away. And, a but, you know, a, I think they have a butler and, you know, they have other people that look after them. So they definitely have a second routine that mm. will just click into place. So um, I think they'll be fine. Um, I suppose in a home situation where there's a loss of someone, it's to try and keep that routine in place. You know, if, if the dog was fed at a certain time, if the dog was walked at a certain time, that those things will be con- continued on for them. It's interesting. Yeah, um, I, I'm always particularly saddened when I hear about uh, an older person passing away and a dog or a yeah. cat being left uh, behind to Yeah, and put into for a themselves. rescue yeah. centre then yeah. as well. And they haven't a clue like that. Like those dogs would definitely pine for a while because they've probably been on that person's bed. They've probably, you know, you know, eaten like toast and yeah. tea on the couch beside them. So like their routine has completely changed um, with the death of that person um, because they're, they're put into a whole new situation. So that's extremely difficult. Um, Grief can come across on dogs as anxiety or a behavioural change, you know, where they're no longer able, like that anxiety is there because they no longer have that routine and um, structure in their life that they did have. Um, But I don't think it's grief as in what we Mm. feel when someone dies, you know, where that sense of loss that, you know, we'll never have that person again or, you know, that kind of sense. I don't think they, they don't... So they that, don't know that that person's never coming back. They'll wait. They're that, waiting that, for... that movie image of dogs sleeping on graves and stuff, that's all of a lot of nonsense then, really, isn't it? I, like, who knows? Like, maybe they know... You know, I would say, yeah, you know, maybe they know that the person is there, but, like, I don't know... Look, I don't know if a dog would go and find a grave. I think they'd be more likely to go back yes. and lie on the bed that they would normally slept beside the owner on or sit, you know, would go back and sit in the couch, you know, or lie on their coat or something like that that they know is theirs and they're waiting for that. You know, if you know if you have a routine with your dog of taking them for a walk at six o'clock in the evening, the minute you like get your boots on and you're ready to go, they know. So they're looking for that kind of those signals are routine. Of course, yeah. Patrick was on and he says, um, would you ask Maraid, because my mum's dog is just not herself since my mum uh, passed away. Any suggestions? Yeah. So, like I was saying, try to maybe keep the routine the same. So, the same little things that your mum would have done, like, you know, making sure that the dog might be fed at the same time as she fed the dog or, you know, taking them for the little walks, going back to areas that the dog would have gone to with her, you know, gone for their walk in a certain area. Do you know the way they might have gone for a little walk down the street? And the dog might, you know, associate that with her. Um, it's just time and routine and, you know, being sensitive that there is maybe an anxiety there that their that, that little dog's leader is not there anymore, do you know, that that other person that's there um for them. But it sounds like he's doing a really good job even just where he where he notices that the dog is feeling it um himself. So 
I'm sure he is. I know Patrick and I know he'd be very kindly indeed towards uh, the yeah. dog. Uh, Mairead, look after yourself and thank, thank you so you. much for your time no problem, this morning. Thanks. Thank you. Bye-bye, Janelle. That's our vet, Mairead Leahy there, of Aravets on the Limerick Road. Uh, they have a most beautiful premises there if you ever want to uh, drop in. And you will be made welcome and your little pooch as well. All right, we're going to take a break and uh, I'll be right back. The Imro Radio Award winning tip today. With Slattery's Garage, puck on. Test drive the all new Peugeot 2008 compact SUV at Slattery's Garage, puck on. Choose from petrol, diesel, or fully electric. Slattery'sGarage.ie